Welcome to The Money Hour with host Tina Mitchell and co-host Keelan Harvey. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, and Keelan Harvey, MLO 133075, are licensed loan originators with Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, and MLS 7233. The views expressed by the speakers on the following program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC. Now, in the studio, local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. Well, welcome to the Money Hour on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, September 29th show. I am your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. And your co-host, Keelan Harvey. Bringing in expert advice and inside knowledge on today's events in our local economy and how it can affect your money. If you're hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but we're here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that we have on the show. You can call the show at one 855 411150 Again, that's one 411150 or online at themoneyhour.com. And the lineup for today's show, I have Mark and Eric Simmons with Arrives Appraisal Management, appraising in this volatile market. Also in studio, we have Stephanie Kristen with Windermere Real Estate, preparing your home for sale. Great information and great guests in studio. For more information on any topic discussed, please call the show at one 855 Again, that's one 855 or online at themoneyhour.com. And we'll start out today's show, just as we do each week, with a little money chat. Money. Money. Sometimes during Money Chat, we talk about what's happening in the market, we talk about the economy, we talk about tips, and sometimes we talk a little bit of mortgage talk, as Keelan and I are in the mortgage industry, and we are your mortgage experts right here at our local market. So there's a great opportunity to uh, protect your down payment. So that's what I want to talk to you about today. Yes, down payment protection. It's risk-free home buying made it easy with the down payment protection. So it's hard sometimes to save money, and when you do save money for the down payment, to put that out there at risk in case something happens happens with the market. If you sell your house in a down market, that's really what this opportunity is for. So a down payment protection fulfills the emotion and the financial concerns about challenging real estate environment. So the down payment is, uh, uh, protection program is available for single family homes and condos. So multifamily properties or commercial properties are not available on this product. Uh, it's for a primary residence. So if you're purchasing a second home or your investor, sorry, the down payment protection is not available for you yet. Maybe down the road they'll come up with something. And the coverage term is for seven years with a one-year claim waiting period. The It's a lender paid, so there's no out-of-pocket additional cost. And the cover will cover the loss down payment up to 20% of the purchase price or $200,000, the lower of the two. So how they determine when you're ready to sell your home, whether the property has gone down and whether your insurance is going to kick in is based on the Federal Housing Finance Agency House Protecting Index. Now what this index does is the it's a government and it gauges the um, large geographic area to determine what's happening in that market. So again, it's government statistics that's tracking the housing market um, and it's a, a publicly posted so you can take a look at it every day and see what's going on with that. 
So protect a homeowner um, practice and possibility neglect. That's why it's based on the index. And so if for some reason something happens and in the property that um, there's neglect on that and something happens to the home, that's the reason they're they're using this index to determine that it really was market uh, that warranted for that uh, property to go down in value. Now, a claim example, so let's just say today you purchased a home for half a million. You came in with a 20% down payment, which would be 100000 Five years later, again, the program's going to start after one year. The policy will start after one year. It'll go up to seven years, and then that policy protection ends. So we're at year five, and you decide to sell your home. That's when it's going to take a look to see if you are, need this protection or not. The home now sells for 450000 which is $50,000 less than when you purchased the home. So you had a drop in the market. Now, the Federal Housing Finance Agency House Price Index is the same or higher than your home's 50000 less. So if it's the same or higher, it's going to go off the 50000 If it's less, it's going to go off of what that house price index uh, shows. So you would receive 50000 loss in value. 100% of the loss that you actually had. The other 50000 that you came in with, that wasn't lost, so you still have that $50,000 equity in your property. So are you facing a hot market, resale inventory tight, worried about rates, prices, tax law? Down payment protection can be a solution for you. Now, if you're one of our sellers listening, what if in this market that you've seen a little bit of slowdown, a little bit more inventory, the buyers are not coming in in multiples necessary to make an offer on your home, and what if you could actually have your home listed as a home that has a down payment protection program? It would make your home stand out a little bit. So you can use it that way for a seller to promote that listing. So homeowner's insurance um, protects the four walls. Your home warranty protects appliances and the systems within the home. Now you have a down payment protection to protect the money in your house. Just a little bit that Keelan and I wanted to bring today to our money chat. Coming up next in the money hour, how do you appraise your home in a volatile market? Mark and Eric Simmons with Arrives Appraisal Management right here on 1150 AM KKNW after the short break. process of buying and selling real estate becomes increasingly complex, it's important to have a trusted advisor you can rely on. With over 30 years of experience, Stephanie Kristen of Windermere Real Estate consistently uses systems that deliver results. By collaborating with her team of professionals, Stephanie makes the daunting task of buying or selling a home more manageable and worry-free. Her passion for service, combined with market knowledge, has resulted in hundreds of delighted clients. Hi, this is Stephanie Kristen with Windermere Real Estate. There's a lot of information online today, but how you interpret that information is critical. I help buyers and sellers every day make sense of all that data. I'd love to connect with you and help you reach your goals. Check out my website, sheknowsrealestate.com, or give me a call at 206-200-0222. Thanks so much, and I look forward to talking to you soon. You're listening to The Money Hour. With your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. 
Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. And your co-host, Keelan Harvey. Right here on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, September 29th show. It's a great day to talk about money, and that's what the show is all about, how to make money, save money, so that you can have a better quality of life for you and your family. If you're hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but you can call the show at one 855 411150. Again, that's 1855 411150 or go online at themoneyhour.com. In studio right now, Mark and Eric Simmons with Arrives Appraisal Management. We're going to be talking about appraising a home in a volta market. Uh, Mark and Eric, thank you so much for uh, joining me in studio. First time that I've had you on the show. Yes? Indeed. Glad, yeah. glad to be here. Thanks for having so us. So excited. Tina. And a little bit about Mark and Eric. Uh, Mark and Eric have both been certified appraisers for over two decades. I say two decades because I've been in the industry for over two decades, Uh, mostly in the greater Seattle area. In response to industry changes in 2007, they decided to start their own local appraisal management company. In 2013, they partnered with Arrives Appraisal Management in order to gain a referral network with national coverage. The majority of their appraisal assignments are in King, Snohomish, and Pierce counties, but Arrives Appraisal Management has coverage throughout the Northwest and across the country. Mark and Eric, I'm so excited to have some appraisers in mm-hmm. here with some different opinions. We have all these agents, and you know they have their opinion of the market, and I'm excited to hear what your guys' opinion of the market is. So... Uh, We're hearing a lot about softening. Is this a fact? How's the market going? What are you guys seeing out there? It is indeed a fact. I'm not sure (laughs) that we're going to be much different. Uh, Our opinions are going to be much different than the agents you're having. And we started seeing in February, March, uh, inventory going up and uh, the a lot of the multiple offer situations and bidding wars and that sort of thing slowing down. Uh, So for the past quarter... Um, and, and really across most markets, uh, in prepara- f- preparation for the show, I actually pulled some data, not just downtown Seattle and Bellevue, but I looked at Kent and Marysville area as well. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And uh, the numbers are remarkably similar. Inventory up, still uh, near historic lows, but it's yes. increasing. The trend mm-hmm. is increasing. Uh-huh. Uh, days on market, again, increasing, but Golly, less than two weeks still, may, uh, excuse me, less than two months um, of inventory on the market. Um, and the average market, can you remind uh, the listeners on months of inventory average would be? Three Yeah, uh, would be a balanced market. So yes. we're still essentially, bottom line, we've gone from white hot to yes. just warm. Yeah. Isn't uh, that crazy, all there. of the talk out there that you hear mm-hmm. when we're really still not in a balanced market, and we're quite a ways away from a balanced market when you look at the difference between two months and three months in inventory, correct? Indeed. The trend yeah. is that way, mm-hmm. and that's what we're looking at, um, but it's certainly not dire out there, Yes. Yeah. 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 So, uh, Mark, how is it for your appraisers in appraising in this environment compared to, let's say, 12 months ago when we had, like, some of the areas less than a week of inventory and days of inventory. Right. (laughs) Craziness. Well, again, we're not dealing with those uh, purchase contract riders with bidding wars and Mm -hmm. escalation clauses and that sort of thing. We're uh, having to follow up less on uh, getting the information regarding multiple offers and Mm -hmm. all of that type of thing. We're seeing uh, stuff selling pretty close to list, Um, and so contracts are a little more typical, uh, that's, that makes it a little easier on us. 
Um, other than that, uh, business as usual. It's slowed down a little bit. Um, oddly, I think rates have more to do with that from our end mm. of the business because we also deal in refinances. Yes. Mm-hmm. And rates increasing means refinan- the refinance business slows down. Yeah. Uh, yep. Purchases have actually remained pretty stable or, in- or increased, but... Mm. The refinances have uh, have slowed down for us. Yeah, and so really, yeah, the only people that are refinancing. So a shout out if you you know you have equity in your home, there's still a lot of equity in your house, and you want to be able to pull cash out. It's going to make sense a lot of the times to be able to do that. But otherwise, yes, you're not seeing refinances anymore. Uh, what about the 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 comps that are available? Because you you know talked about there's not as much multiple offers. But also with the more inventory, is it making it easier because you actually have some comps that you can use to support the value, or is it more of challenging? It actually is a little bit easier okay. uh, because values have stabilized and uh-huh. they're not climbing. That's always the most difficult yeah. market to appraise in when things are climbing, especially like they were a year, year and a half ago, mm-hmm. uh, just absolute craziness. Uh, all the data data that, that we deal with um, maybe two, three months old, that's not a lot in yes. appraisal terms, mm-hmm. uh, but the market was moving quicker. Um, yeah. So we had to deal with time adjustments on our reports, mm-hmm. and there's still some evidence in certain markets for those, but um, not necessarily as ubiquitous as it was. What about the um, the regulatory changes? Are we seeing anything on the forefront uh, as far as regulatory changes with appraisals or... There's a little bit going on in the industry. It's it's a little bit of inside baseball. I'm not sure how much your listeners want to know about the forms that we have to fill out <laughs> as appraisers. Well, if they look at the actual appraisal report, that should be an indicator that there might be quite a few forms on the behind the scenes. There are indeed. There's there's a form. How many that are there? We well, there are there are numerous. Let's yes. just leave it at that. There was a part of our form, part of the regulatory changes that came in after the crash in '07. Uh, the um, Fannie Mae added a, a market conditions report to our appraisals, which mm-hmm. basically just tracked trends. Um, and for some reason, they've decided that that's no longer needed. I mean, I think the addendum itself wasn't very well designed, uh, but that looks like it may be going away um, just in time for the market to be changing again. It's a little yeah. bit ironic. <laughs> uh, other than that, the form that we've been working with for the past 20 years, it looks like it's going to be revamped um, coming up in the next year or so um, to provide more flexibility for appraisers to fill out, to provide the information, to report the information that we find. The form has been static, and software now allows it to be a little uh, more flexible. So sure. uh, that's going to be updated um, for us. So that'll be a change as far as we're concerned. But yeah. Yeah. And I, I know that there there was a lot of, and I don't, I'm not really, we don't have enough time to really get into it in, in great detail, but it seemed like one day there was no appraisers, and then all of a sudden, uh-huh. the next day, things went back to normal. But when there was no appraisers, one of the things that was coming out in the media is just about the apprentice thing and how you had to have an, uh, they had to go through an apprentice program for two years, and it was just all of this stuff. And so what's yes. happening right now, if there's anybody that's listening that's like, wow, you know what, I'd really like to take some of the knowledge that I have maybe in construction and other areas that I have in my passion with homes and get into the appraisal industry. So they're inspired to be an appraiser like you guys. What what does that look like? That hasn't changed. So what, there is a still two-year... There's still a two-year apprenticeship. So how come all of a sudden it wasn't well, an issue when it was? So, Eric? Well, actually, they, they have um, come out and, and uh, changed the field requirements to one year. 
Um, but uh, that's what Fannie Mae has come out and, uh-huh. and changed the field requirements for one year. So if you are an aspiring appraiser and you've taken the classes that you need to take, uh-huh. uh, you still need to have field experience. And, and like Mark said, it's always been two years traditionally. Okay. Now, technically he's right. It still is two years because the state of Washington hasn't adopted that yet. But Fannie Mae has come out and said, okay, you don't necessarily have to have two years of field experience to become uh, to eligible to take yeah. the state certification exam. They have said you only need one year. But the state of Washington is, is reviewing that right now. And they're actually, what, about six, eight months into the review process. I know that they um, they interviewed uh, a lot of appraisers and they asked appraisers what they thought of the idea. And surprisingly, a lot of appraisers thought that that wasn't a good idea. Really? <laughs> really? Existing appraisers thought that uh, having a two-year requirement for somebody to get into the business uh, was a good idea because that you have a little bit of an vested interest in uh, in maintaining your position as a... Of course. As and a, so from so, a one appraiser standpoint, that makes sense. From an ownership standpoint... It, I would think that it would not because that seems to be where the challenge was, is bringing somebody on and not really being able to have them do their own thing and have to tag behind for, for 24 months. So was that 12 months difference? Is that why all of a sudden one day the issue with having these extended terrible turn times changed? What changed all of a sudden that now we're, we've been back in a normal? That was just a supply and demand. There's still yeah. pretty much the same number of appraisers, not that many okay. more, more have gotten into the market. It's just a matter of the transactions have have decreased significantly. Yeah, all so. right. Makes sense. I, I got to ask, do you guys feel like we're short with appraisers? Like, do you think there's enough in our market? Like, is there a demand? Or is it, I mean, how do you, how does that feel? Are you guys just inundated with appraisals day in, day out? Or We were, uh, as Tina mentioned, uh, a year ago, we couldn't handle the volume. And volumes have decreased, and it's mm-hmm. a little more balanced in terms of what the amount of orders we can handle. So, Things are fine as far as we're concerned right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, as Eric mentioned, it really was a, a supply and demand issue. The industry, though, is aging. I mean, I think the average age of an appraiser is about 57, yeah. something like that. Yeah. And we're coming up against a lot of retirements. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it would be nice to get some younger folks into the industry. Uh, it just it is difficult the the biggest hurdle is getting work for those new trainees that yeah. will be accepted by lenders. Mm-hmm. And there's been some talk of opening that back up. Um, in the old days when I got into the business, I could work as a trainee as long as I was supervised properly. Mm. And... Uh, and so it's a little different now. Yeah, it makes mm-hmm. sense. So let's talk about from uh, a homeowner, homeowner, what can a homeowner do to help get ready for the appraiser and anything in addition for real estate agents that are working with the homeowner that they might be able to do as well to make it a little bit easier and have a better chance of being able to support the value of the home? Supporting the value isn't necessarily the issue. The value is going to be the value, and the comparables are going to Thanks tell us that. Thanks for that disclosure. Indeed. Yes. <laughs> I, have, I have to say that. Well placed. Well placed. Yeah. <laughs> Can you tell I'm on the loan origination <laughs> side already? <laughs> In terms of just how we do our inspection, mm-hmm. though, uh, there are some agents that are really wonderful to help us out um, and have access to the attic hatch and the crawl space all cleared mm-hmm. out and ready to go. And um, but we're used to dealing with homeowners, uh, and 99% of the time, they're sure their house is a mess, in quotes, if I had a nickel for every time 
I'd heard that my house is a mess. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, especially the, the cleanest homes are the ones that complain the loudest usually. Um, but I just tell them all, really, um, it doesn't really matter what's on the counters. It's what they're made of. That's what we're looking for. Yeah. Um, but in terms of just from an appraiser's perspective, what I like to tell people is when I get questions, how could I improve the value of my home? Um, my first piece of advice is to maintain what you have. Don't worry about making improvements, spending a lot of money. Make sure you improve, you're, you're maintaining what you have really well. Make mm-hmm. sure the foundation is clear, the paint, the roof, all the unsexy stuff. Yeah. So more or less like the deferred maintenance and that type of thing. Uh, Indeed. Yeah, get in, as far as getting the house ready for an appraisal, we are taking pictures of the front, the back of the house, and all of the interior rooms. So it does make a difference to have uh, you know, it presentable as far as the front and the backyard and, and all of the interior rooms. Another thing that's helpful is if they've made, if a homeowner has made improvements to the property over the previous 10 years, if they have a list of what those improvements were and a, approximate cost of how much money they put into the mm. home since they purchased it, mm. that's helpful information for an appraiser. And Actually, appraisers are um, quite happy under most circumstances to entertain any information that a homeowner has in terms of uh, comparable sales in the neighborhood. We're not, they're not going to get into a conversation about what the value of the property is before they leave, but certainly willing to accept uh, a comparable sale that a homeowner has uh, to, that a homeowner provides to the appraiser that they think is a good match for the, for the property. Makes total sense. Eric, is there anything that your company's doing to increase service levels or an add value in the market? I mean, people have told me some management companies pay lower fees to appraisers and, and therefore the, uh, the actual service itself suffers. How does your company assure good service? Well, um, we're an appraisal management company uh, run by appraisers. So uh, we're sort of the player's coach of, of appraisal management companies. And we take pride in, in making sure that uh, the fees that we pay our appraisers are, are uh fair market rate Mm. fees. Mm -hmm. So we don't necessarily, we don't cast our orders out for bid to appraisers. We try and establish a good trusting relationship with our appraisers and we assign those appraisals. Uh, We manually assign the appraisals to the appraiser uh, and expect them to turn the appraisal around in in a timely fashion and do good quality work. And for that, they get paid a fair rate. Love it. Great information with uh, Eric and Mark, and we haven't had appraiser uh, representation here for quite a while, and I'm just really excited to have you guys here. I just want to keep you around, so I'm going to take us a break and have you back. So coming up next on The Money Hour, we're going to continue our conversation with Mark and Eric, all about appraisals, and uh, right here at 1150 AMK KNW after this short break. of buying and selling real estate becomes increasingly complex, it's important to have a trusted advisor you can rely on. With over 30 years of experience, Stephanie Kristen of Windermere Real Estate consistently uses systems that deliver results. By collaborating with her team of professionals, Stephanie makes the daunting task of buying or selling a home more manageable and worry-free. Her passion for service combined with market knowledge has resulted in hundreds of delighted clients. Hi, this is Stephanie Kristen with Windermere Real Estate. There's a lot of information online today, but how you interpret that information is critical. I help buyers and sellers every day make sense of all that data. 
I'd love to connect with you and help you reach your goals. Check out my website, sheknowsrealestate.com, or give me a call at 206-200-0222. Thanks so much, and I look forward to talking to you soon. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host Keelan Harvey on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. And co-host, Keelan Harvey. Right here on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, September 29th show. We are here to help you build a strong financial blueprint one week and one show at a time. If you're hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but we're here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that we have on the show. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50. And in studio right now, we're continuing our conversation with Mark and Eric Simmons with Arrives Appraisal Management. And we're talking about appraising a property in this maybe not completely vile to a market, but it, it's changing and it's changing every day and interesting in where it's, uh, where it's going. Um, so thank you guys for sticking around for an extra segment of the sure. show. So I got to ask you guys, Mark and Eric, uh, we're in the mortgage business and people call us up and they have the perfect evaluation of where the property's at on Zillow. <laughs> she just laughs, right? Uh, so we love Zillow. Yeah, it's it's incredible. My home's worth X amount, and oh, and, yeah. and they're mad at us for it for some reason. That and the reality is they got to have a fair assessment of what it is. And Zillow is often high, Indeed, and yes. it doesn't have any indication of the specifics per property. So we really it does a great job not bashing Zillow mm-hmm. um, for what it is, but it doesn't take into account the finer details. So we have to remember that. Can you? Elaborate on that a little bit for us. I like to say that um, the Zillow is either right on or they're fifty percent high or fifty percent low. Yeah, you just you just don't know um, because they're using a mass market approach. And so, actually, one of the things that we've done recently with uh, with one of our clients, uh, some of the feedback we got when we visited their branch was a loan officer was uh, was asking about how he could. Um, get a better idea of what a property was worth and whether or not he should proceed with a refinance. So well, we kind of put our heads together and we came up with a limited desktop valuation that uh, is USPAP compliant, and we're just rolling it out now. Uh, the cost is $150. It's a mm. desktop valuation, a desktop appraisal by a certified appraiser uh, who does research on a subject property from the desk and puts comparable sales together, comes up with a, with a price range and a value number, uh, along with plenty of disclosures about the fact that we haven't actually inspected the property. But it tends to be, we've, we've done a few of these, we've tested a few of them, and, uh, and they uh, will say, we feel they're pretty accurate, uh, yeah. and it's a pretty good indicator as far as if you have a, a property that you're not quite sure uh, where it's going to fit uh, in terms of value, you might be able to use it to decide whether or not you want to proceed with a refinance. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a, a service that we're providing to our clients and that uh, we're, we bill directly to the borrower. So the loan officer and the branch is not necessarily uh, paying for the for this service, the the borrower, uh, him or herself, is paying for it directly. Yeah, that's super important because that can make or break. We have to make a judgment call, and me and mm-hmm. Tina, you know, uh, we're professionals, and we try to do as much as we can to really identify where we think it's going to be because we have to make some 
decisions to move forward based on what we think of the value. So, yeah, and I've you know we always try to look at the the worst case and the best case scenario, and yeah. and you know that's one of the downsides. I mean, there was when they changed the 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 rules and brought in to where. Uh, mortgage companies and lenders couldn't talk directly to the appraisers. It made sense because that put a lot of press pressure on the uh, the appraisers to um, to be able to support a value that may have not been there because a competition would do it. And so I, I get where that came in. In the refinances, it did start to bring in a challenge just for this reason. So what mm-hmm. a great you know service to be able to provide that. And I did a little, little, laugh a little bit with Zillow, which I really didn't mean that in, in a negative way because Zillow is an amazing service to get all kinds of great data. Oh, it, has its, it absolutely yeah. has yeah. its yes. place. In a homogenous neighborhood uh-huh. um, of newer homes, uh, it it definitely it's that's where it's more accurate. Yes. If you're looking at a neighborhood in North Seattle where homes were built in the 20s, uh, all the way up through the 50s, and you don't you haven't been inside, you don't know the level of up, updating, upgrades, remodeling, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It's it's a little less yes. uh, reliable. Yeah. Well, and you know we're starting to see, and you guys you know won't like hearing this as much, but we're starting to see a lot of property inspection waivers. And so for our listeners, um, through Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, they have an automated system that determines the risk. And so they're looking, I'm assuming there's lots of comps and things that have that have been able to present itself. And then of course, you, you have a, a strong buyer as well, great credit. And I just literally have a client right now that I'm working with that he decided that he wanted to get that appraisal anyways because he's buying the home and he wanted a professional opinion to ensure that the value was there. First time that that's happened. Mm-hmm. Gotta but, love that guy. Yeah, I gotta, <laughs> gotta love that guy. So um, are, are you feeling that we're going to get be getting more of these property inspection waivers but, or what are your, what are your thoughts? Uh, well, they have been growing in the market and it is a bit of a worry for appraisers, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, but similar to your client, uh, I, we have been doing some... Back a year or so ago, when the market was super hot, there were a lot of cash bar buyers yes. in the market, and uh, did quite not a good th- for us. Not not good <laughs> not yeah. good for you guys. No. Uh, but the appraisals were ordered just for that peace of mind yes. reason. Even though the borrowers borrow, they were the buyers yes. uh, were paying cash. Yeah. Uh, so we're still here for peace of mind, whether there's an appraisal waiver or not. Uh, and as you say, I mean. The, it really depends on the borrower's credit score and the value of the property and all of those parameters uh, as to whether there has to be an appraisal ordered or not. Yeah, that makes, makes sense. Eric, I was going to ask you, so I had, a, I had a customer once, and they lived out in kind of a rural eastern Washington area. Uh, they got an appraisal, and um, it's third party. I mean, we have nothing. It, it is what it is, right? You do your research and the whole nine yards, and um, they're – it came back a little under where they wanted it, and they were convinced it's because the appraiser was unfamiliar with the area that they live and the dynamics and because they're emotional about their home and their town and so on and so forth. How does your company uh, address that? Well, we have a, a formal process, the ROV process, reconsideration of value uh, that a homeowner can take advantage of. Uh, typically what they do is they contact their, their lender uh, and they'll present their case. Uh, the lender will... 
uh, triage it and find out whether or not they, they feel like it is a, um, something that's worth proceeding. And if it is, then they can forward the uh, ROV form to the homeowner and the homeowner can present their case. So they can describe the, the reasons why they think their house is a little bit more uh, higher in value. Mm-hmm. They can talk about the comparable sales that the appraiser used, analyze those. They can provide their own comparable sales and basically present their own case as to why they think the, the property was uh, was undervalued. Mm-hmm. At that point, then the ROV will come to either myself or to Mark uh, or, or John Curtis, our, our partner. Uh, we'll take a look at it, pass it on to the appraiser, and then we'll work with the appraiser on it. Uh, and, and if, in fact... Uh, it is there is evidence that shows that uh, maybe there was something that was missed. Maybe there are better comparable sales mm-hmm. out there. Maybe there's something about the market that appraiser didn't know. Then, then typically we can adjust a value if it's uh, if it's fair to do so. Um, oftentimes, uh, then oftentimes, yeah, I'd say about. It's only about 10% of the time yeah. mm-hmm. that, uh, that these ROV process actually gets taken advantage of in mm-hmm. all of the orders that we, that we place. Um, and in terms of changing values, it's, probably, it's significantly less than that. So most of the time, the appraiser gets the value right. But there is a process for a borrower to dispute that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, through our appraisal panel, our appraiser panel, we attempt to deal with that up front by assigning the appraisal to a local mm-hmm. uh, appraiser mm-hmm. Which is a that, huge benefit. that knows yeah. the mm-hmm. market. Yeah. Uh, we're not reaching out to uh, f- the lowest bidder who will mm-hmm. come three counties away yes. to appraise the property. We Geographic competence is uh, part of our assigning regimen. And so uh, we've got a panel uh, throughout Washington uh, of over 100 appraisers, mm-hmm. n- no matter what county. Um, that uh, the assignment comes in. Yes, yep. we know how to pronounce Sammamish, not Sammamish, <laughs> and, uh, and Puyallup. That's a good indicator. Yes. Um And, you know, and this is another uh, uh, shout out as well for homeowners and preparing and for uh, real estate experts in helping the appraiser because it is an appraiser's opinion and there's a lot of work that has to be done and there's a lot that's going on in the industry. So something can get missed, especially with more complicated and the real estate agents are doing all of this work up front two agents are the agent that represents the seller and the agent that represents the buyer so why not share that work uh, with you and um, but like you said majority of the time the appraiser is going to get it and there's just a lot of emotional stuff that's going in there um, with some of these review processes Mm -hmm. of course so let's talk about we're not seeing it as much right now maybe as we the market that we came out of but you know still um, in some areas where you don't have the comps that are there are pending sales. I know they're, they're not used as comps, but are, are they used as compensating factors in that process of well, determining value? Absolutely. Um, in terms of, and that's where real estate agents have been very helpful to appraisers over the last year when the market was climbing significantly. And really what you needed to do was get the most recent information on sales in a neighborhood. And so when we call real estate agents and ask them about a property and when mm-hmm. it's going to close, and oftentimes they would share with us uh, when it's going to close and, and get an idea about uh, a percentage in terms of whether or not it sold for more than the list price. And that will help. that would help us to establish that there is a trend in the neighborhood. And we can use that in our final reconciliation process. We're not going to, uh, we're not going to rely on it in terms of a closed sale because it's not closed, but we can certainly use it in our argument uh, in terms of uh, 
reconciling the value and just saying that market market value is increasing. Yes. And pending sales are indicating that this is uh, this is this is a fact. And so, so, on that same hand, then when the market, when we do see an adjustment in the market drops, because at some point in time the market's going to have an adjustment down. Historically, it always you know the market moves up and down. When that happens, is there pending sales that come in on the negative way as well? It can. Um, typically what we see, though, is we see list prices r- reduced before uh, something goes into contract. Got it. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- an aggressive listing might be reduced uh, once or twice mm-hmm. and then sell, again, fairly close to that final listing amount. Um, and so, I mean, following the crash, yes, yes. we were looking at pending sales and, and we were making time adjustments uh, negatively. Yeah. Uh, so it just depends on what the market's doing. Yeah. What about the uh, flip side of that coin? I'm going to bring up Billy Bob in Podunk, Washington again, um, out in the rural Washington area. <laughs> what, uh, what if there's no comps at all? What do you guys do? Wow. That's a hard one to that answer. That is a hard one to answer. <laughs> the answer to every appraisal question I, I was once told by one of my mentors is it depends. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. There are always comps. And you're still using that after I, two I'm decades. Gonna, I'm yes. going to use that. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> and fall back on it's that stuck. one. It's, a, it's tried and tested. Uh, there are always comparables. It's just how good they are mm. or, or not. Uh, how well they match the subject. Um, there's sales data almost no matter where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, it just means that you may have to expand the distance that you're looking uh, for comparable mm-hmm. data, or maybe go back in time a little bit further. Uh, I'm I'm dealing with uh, a waterfront sale up north uh, right now in a pocket neighborhood that hasn't seen much turnover. Mm-hmm. So I've had to go back more than a year to look for comparable data. Wow. I'm going to back that up then with market data in terms of should I make a time adjustment or not to okay. that old sale. Mm-hmm. There's always ways to deal with. Uh, a lack of data, and that's that's really our job. That's why we get paid the big bucks. <laughs> I guess that's what they say. <laughs> another show, another time. <laughs> so as we wrap up our time here uh, with the two of you, we'd love to hear your uh, your forecast and what you think is going to happen. Let's say in the next five years in our real estate market. Oh wow! Five, I'm pushing five it. Years? I'm pushing five it out years. there. <laughs> <laughs> Short, okay, short term, long term. What do you see in the next 24 months and maybe pushing it you know, out? I mean, how long do you think that our market is going to continue to um, be a great market to buy? Well, judging by uh, the demographics and the statistics that, that I've seen, uh, 20, the rest of this year and next year are supposed to be solid, yeah. stable. We're not going to see the 10%. 12, 15% increases Mm -hmm. that we were seeing two years ago. Um, But the conventional wisdom is we're still solid there. As long as there isn't some sort of catastrophic issue with uh, the unnamed Mm -hmm. large corporations in the area, Mm -hmm. um, there's still a lot of people moving into the area. Yes. Uh, There there are a lot of, I don't know, there's been an article in the paper recently regarding condominium uh, supply. There's going to be some some more condo complexes coming online uh, around goodness. around the yeah, yeah um, right. So, uh, but we're not looking at the market over the next two years. I, I really would be hesitant to say anything else beyond that. Um, okay. With uh, w- 
with any sort of fear yeah. uh, of, a, of another crash 07 type bubble burst yeah type thing totally agree and you know people are always asking that and my you know my response back is because people can usually predict what's going to happen in the employment market a little bit more nobody can predict anything but real estate's always followed employment and you know even if we do lose some of a, a big one um, you know we had that big uh, scare with the uh, the head tax we still have a lot of companies. Every company that you can think of in the tech industry has satellite here in Seattle. So, you know, um, I agree with you. Thank you both for coming in and joining uh, Keelan and I. It's been uh, great chatting with you and appreciate all your wealth of information shining a little bit in what's happening in the appraiser arena. Thank you, Tina. Happy to be here. Thank, Thank you. you, Tina. Coming up next on The Money Hour, preparing your home for sale, Stephanie Kristen with Windermere Real Estate, right here at 1150 AM KKNW after the short break. process of buying and selling real estate becomes increasingly complex, it's important to have a trusted advisor you can rely on. With over 30 years of experience, Stephanie Kristen of Windermere Real Estate consistently uses systems that deliver results. By collaborating with her team of professionals, Stephanie makes the daunting task of buying or selling a home more manageable and worry-free. Her passion for service combined with market knowledge has resulted in hundreds of delighted clients. Hi, this is Stephanie Kristen with Windermere Real Estate. There's a lot of information online today, but how you interpret that information is critical. I help buyers and sellers every day make sense of all that data. I'd love to connect with you and help you reach your goals. Check out my website, sheknowsrealestate.com, or give me a call at 206-200-0222. Thanks so much, and I look forward to talking to you soon. You're listening to The Money Hour. With your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. And your co-host, Keelan Harvey. Right here on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, September 29th show. We are here to help you build a strong financial blueprint one week and one show at a time. If you're hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to rebroadcast, but we're here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that we have on the show today. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyr.com. In studio right now, we have Stephanie Kristen with Windermere Real Estate, preparing your home for sale. Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us. Great. Thanks so much for having me today. And a little bit about Stephanie. After attending Michigan State University, Stephanie got married, moved to Seattle, where she started a family and her career in real estate. They currently live in Somerset, beautiful area in Bellevue, where Stephanie is an active agent in her community. She is managing broker of Windermere and has been selling homes for over three decades. We're talking about decades this show. Amazing. Uh, no kidding. <laughs> Stephanie is a firm believer in giving back to her community and donates a portion of every single sale to cause causes like Windermere's Foundation and Plymouth Housing Group. With most of her business coming from the listing side, Stephanie has successfully helped hundreds of sellers prepare their home for sale. Today, she's going to share her tips for preparation of your home selling or living. Stephanie, wow, three decades. So that's awesome. (laughs) And so, I mean, 
We asked people about the market, but your opinion is really valuable because you've seen it all. So. I have seen it all, yes. So, <laughs> exactly. In fact, um, probably 10 years ago, I was um, representing bankruptcy trustees and doing a lot of short sales. And wow. um, so it was a completely different market back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and so many of the agents that are in the market right now just haven't seen, you know, time uh, listing on market days, uh, you know, in the months, and some of them have been on the market a year back in those days. Yes. So, yeah. um, well, and it, it shows a too, true expert that you actually adjust and accommodate to the need in whatever market that we're in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I feel very fortunate to have had, you know, the opportunity to do the short sales and that side of the market and then move into most of my business now is a repeat and referral business from, you know, people that that I know and and work with all the time. So that's been good. Um, So what do you see it doing right now? Yeah, so we have definitely seen a shift this year. Um, We started off with a bang, um, you know, February. um, We saw some of the highest sales prices in in our our market. Um, March, April, strong. But then we just started, you know, to really yeah. see we and, and in general, we're going to see the inventory increase as a normal, you know, people putting their house on the market in, in the springtime. But that really changed um, and we felt it, you know, come June. So um, inventory was increasing and then um, it really just hit the brakes after that. So I have to say prices seem like they have come down quite a bit. We are seeing a lot more price reductions in the market and we're seeing inventory levels um, that as we talk about that in the industry is um, two months supply of inventory. Mm-hmm. So um, so that's, it's you know, I've talked about it with um, other agents in my office. You know, we went from 120 miles an hour to 60. Yeah. So we're still, you know, yes. clipping right along, mm-hmm. but it just feels like we've really put the brakes on. And yeah. so that's, um, it's an adjustment for a lot of sellers in this market. So, so being that you work with so many sellers, I know you represent buyers as as well, yeah. but you you know work with a lot of representation um, in uh, with sellers. What are you telling them when they come to you and ask that you know Stephanie, is it a is it a good time for me to sell right now? Yeah, I think it. Well, first of all like your earlier guest said, it depends. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you do have to make a decision that's right for you and find, you know, m- make the decision based on, um, you know, your personal, um, your needs and what's yes. going on in your life. But we're still in a, se- a seller's market. Um, you know, typically we're saying a buyer's market or a, a neutral market is three to six months worth of inventory. Mm-hmm. And so we have two. Yeah. So we're still at a good time, and I really think that a properly, you know, prepared home, priced home, and promoted home, we're still seeing those sell, you know, really quickly within, you know, less than a week on market. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's still a good time to sell. But I think ultimately you have to work with your agent to find what is the best time for you. Yeah, and it's, you know, regardless of the market that we're in, if you're buying and selling at the same time, you're right. never going to get the both the best market on both sides. For so sure. you're going to win and um, uh, and maybe not win on one or the other side. The real challenge is if you're looking at just selling and doing something else and not reinvesting. And that's, you know, that's where that conversation might come in more play. For sure. Yeah. And the other thing I think about this market is it does allow you a moment to breathe. I mean, it allows, I like pe- that. Yeah, mm. it allows yeah. people to make an educated decision yeah. and move comfortably and confidently and not have people, you know, on their nerves, you know, just rattled trying to, 
you know, maybe do something beyond where they should be. Yes. So, so I think, again, you know, working together, communicating, I think, you know, people can, you know, still make great decisions in this market that work for everybody. Well said. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, it just amps up for everybody. I mean, when we have to make move fast, decisions yeah. fast, everything everything's moving so fast that, I mean, you can't sit down and breathe and really let things digest. So yeah. that's a very valuable point. You mentioned something specifically about preparing correctly. So uh, what would your thoughts be about preparing your home for a sale? Sure. So I think that's one of the, the, the pre-marketing is one of the biggest things that we can do in selling a home. So, um, you know, I provide a roadmap basically for my clients uh, from, you know, when they decide they want to sell to, you know, getting that on the market. And honestly, I can probably, working with my vendors and people, get a house on the market in a week to 10 days. Mm -hmm. Um, But that includes everything from, you know, staging, inspections, um, uh, cleaning, deep cleaning, yard work. Um, But, you know, I feel if we can do everything to get the property looking its best and then also help make um, it easy for buyers to make a good decision, mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's how we can help get our sellers, you know, the most amount of money for their property. Yeah, seven to 10 days, that is impressive. Thanks. You know, to, yeah. get, to get all of that uh, done. So anything else that, uh, share that's unique about your process, uh, Stephanie? You know, one of the things I do think I have is vendors, um, you know, I have, People that uh, my Rolodex is is deep and strong. They've yeah. got you know. People, and that's why you can do that miracle working ex- time wise. Yeah. yeah, and I treat my the people that I work with not only my clients but the people that help me you know in the process just treat them with the utmost respect. And mm-hmm. I'm so lucky to have them on my team. And I think that helps translate into service for my clients. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just love the folks that I work with. They do a great job for me and my sellers. Yeah, yeah. love that. That's great. Uh, let's change gears a little bit. So um, we talked about pre-inspections before and um, putting their house on the market. Um, are pre-inspections part of your process at this point? Yeah, I really believe firmly in having um, the house pre-inspected before we go on the market. I think knowledge is power. And when we control that information on the seller side, um, then, then we're able to control the process a little bit more. Doesn't mean we have to do everything on the list, but at least it it limits the amount of surprises that are going to come up, um, and it helps us to make the decisions ahead of time. So whether we're getting a bid for that, um, you know, or we're deciding to do the work, um, at least you know I like to just um, negotiate once, and um, and eliminate the other thing that I don't know that everybody understands sellers in particular is. The way in the um, multiple listing, the way the inspection is written, the inspection contingency is written, is it's really a free walk for a buyer in the market. I mean, yep. mm-hmm. they when they include that contingency, honestly, they don't even have to do an inspection. So I th- think we need to limit that um, that exposure for our sellers. So yeah, that's doing a really that a- good point. Yeah, yeah, doing that ahead of time, I think that is yeah. Um, and so for the sellers listening, a pre-inspection is basically you're paying for a home inspection prior to having your home listed, and then you're providing that to the buyer. So um, a seller may say, well, gosh, Stephanie, I'm worried about having to do a lot more work when I open up this can of worms. How would you respond sure, to that? Sure, sure. So, so again, that part of that roadmap is meeting with the inspector. We get the inspection report back, and then we decide to do you know a variety of things. One, either we're going to do the work. Sometimes the sellers do the work themselves. Other times we call in professionals 
um, to have them do the work, or we can get bids and provide those mm. to the seller or to the, the buyer. Um, again, it's just all ab- about having the information and being able to, um, you know, know what to do with that. Yeah. So, Would you rather have that can of worm opens at the beginning before the offers come in or have it open after you have an offer and now you got to go back to renegotiation exactly. and you do not have the same amount of power that's as right. you had up front. That's so right. get it all out there. Perfect, yes. So what about disclosing those items uh, from the inspection? I mean, I, it makes a lot of sense to me. You want to be the person with the cards in your hand and the knowledge and understand how you're going to you know, approach a situation not having anything kind of come up later. Uh, how do you go about disclosing those items uh, sure. to others? So um, we, um, I have the full listing inspection, so we provide that all to the buyer. And honestly, in general, they appreciate having that information. And instead of them having to go out and get the bids and the estimates, we've already done that for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, it's all about when you're going to know it. Do you want to know it? ahead of time when you control the process or, you know, later when a buyer has your back up against the wall and you really can't do anything about it. Um, In general, they're going to find out about it sooner or later, so I just prefer to have that sooner. And again, you know, hopefully we can take some of those easy ones off the list so it doesn't even, um, you know, become an issue. Yeah. And what are the best improvements that an owner can make um, if they're looking at what can they do to, to have the best impact? Sure. So the other thing we do as part of the process is having a stager come through. Mm-hmm. Um, and so part of our roadmap includes the inspection items, but then also staging items. I think the biggest return on investment that sellers can do is pack. Um, part of that mm-hmm. process for me, I when I have my staging come through with the walkthrough is um, I provide moving boxes. Just get the ball rolling, start packing up as much, you know, as you can just to create that open space. I think the other thing you can do is um, neutralize, you mm-hmm. know, clean, um, clean lines, light, you know, neutral paint. Um, also doing carpets is another, not too expensive, but, um, you know, whether it's cleaning up the floors and then, um then the other thing we do is a deep clean. I have a team that comes in right before we go on the market. You know, we have the windows washed, the carpets cleaned, um, the whole property cleaned, and a landscaper that can come out and do all of the, um, you know, just prep work outside to just increase the curb repeal. I mean, for the most part, the sellers, you know, are, are what they, I hear a lot of times they say, why didn't I do this before? And so, you know, that's really, I think there's, it's never too early to start preparing your home, you know, to sell. And yeah. even if you never sell, it's such a lovely way to live, um, you know, if you can just get that, those things done early and um, and enjoy it. I have a great stager that does owner-occupied staging, and she's helped several of my clients um, that have moved, but to come in and just do that even, you know, staging for living. Yeah, so. get the deep clean done. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> So, Stephanie, I flipped a few homes, and the first thing I'm going to do is the bathrooms in the kitchen. I mean, that's kind of the go-to because it's got that, you know, it just changes your environment. Um, and everybody thinks that's the biggest improvement that you could do to improve the value of your home. Is that true? Yeah, I think that is um, – I think there is a lot of – when buyers are looking, I think they are – the dollar sign that they apply to that, I have a friend that calls that awfulizing. You know, they they, <laughs> they put this high value number on that. I do think there are some um, some cosmetic improvements that you can make. I If people are selling, um, I don't encourage them to go and, you know, completely remodel bathrooms and kitchens and put in, you know, $100,000. Um, but if you are doing it, do it 
for yourself and mm-hmm. what you would enjoy. And if mm-hmm. you're going to stay there, I think those are, are great, you know, things to do. I've also had people ask me, you know, can I take the bathtub out and just have a three-quarter bath in the shower? Again, you're going to meet buyers that want a tub and buyers that want a, you know, large walk-in shower. I think you have to do what works best for you. That makes sense. Yeah. And so have that, you know, have that conversation and see what, you know, what the ultimate goal is of, of the home. Stephanie, it was such a pleasure to have oh, you in so studio. Much. Thank you. And we look forward to uh, having you come back. Thanks. I appreciate it. It's been mm-hmm. great. Thank you. And this is your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, signing off for the day. And your co-host, Keelan Harvey. And we're going to be here, same time, same place, next week, right here on 1150 AM, KKNW. (laughs) Enjoy the rest of your weekend, everyone. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, and Keelan Harvey, MLO 133075, are licensed loan originators with Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, and MLS 7233. The views expressed by the speakers on the preceding program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC.